Listening Dog Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it's somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Hear him. Breathtaking. Like never before. Welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman, and Lindsay Hooper. Today's guest has three Premier League winners' medals to go alongside his FA Cup, League Cup, and European Cup winners' cup medals. Welcome, Lee Sharp. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What have you been up to, mate? Uh, well, I'm living in Spain now. We've just uh, we've just opened a sports bar. Are you? 
Yeah, a couple of months ago. <laughs> what wow. I'm doing up in the bar, I do not know. No idea what we're doing. <laughs> just just winging it. I was just going to say, you've got some nice colour. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's been, it's been lashing down over the weekend, but before that, it was like 20 degrees. No. So I've had a, had a few games of golf and been on the range, and uh, so it's been lovely, yeah. It's been great. Yeah. What, what are you playing off now? Scratch. I, oh, my God, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, trying yeah. To get, I'm trying to get on the seniors tour, aren't I? I'm trying to get... Like no, wow, that's that's ace. Is that is that all Dan's work? Because my son Dan's a a, a a golf pro and he's, he's giving some lessons, Annie. Ages ago, yeah, he did, he did a while ago. Yeah, at White, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he was. What was the book he gave me up from the tennis coach? It was a really good book. Um, can't remember what it's called. It was a really good book he gave me. Right. All right, he gave me yeah. some. Uh, he gave me some good lessons to be yeah, yeah, that's to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. What, um, what have you made of Man United so far, Sharpie? Uh, I mean, indifferent, uh, frustrating. Um, I think you look at the lineup and you see the individuals and, and the names that they've got on the pitch and you just think they should be doing a lot better and they just don't yeah. seem to have... Um, any coherence, any any sort of unity. There doesn't seem to be a game plan. I mean, at times they they look amazing, and then other times they look like uh, they're, they're properly average. Um, and, and I know there's a bit of a transition going on with the way the manager wants to play tactically. Um, he's changing the team around a little bit, um, and I know he's not had long really because you know with with the amount of games you play, you don't really get a lot of time to to get your point across on a training ground. So. Um, I think you can see it in patches, but you know, in, in patches in this league is is not good enough. Yeah, when when I when I see the team, I, I look at the team on paper and I think, oh, that's like that's a proper Man United team. But then when you see them on the pitch, it's like it's miles away from what from what I used to see, like when you were in the team, you know, and and the teams that I've played against, you know, it's it's the same sort of like stardust as as you call it, but it's. It, it doesn't seem to work on the pitch, does it? No, it, it just they just seem a little bit. I suppose disjointed is a good word. Yeah. There, seems, there seems to be a, like the defenders seem to be on their own, the midfielders are on their own, the forwards are on their own. There's no sort of team unity. And I mean, when we when we played, it was always. I mean, I know our tactics were four four two. When we lose the ball in the other half, we all sort of retreat back to our our own half and make it really tight and compact. And then hit people on the break and try and nick the ball uh, as and when. But but now they're trying to they're sort of caught between pressing early and some people not doing it and then getting caught on the counter themselves. And and, and I think yeah. some of the players in the team are not defensive minded at all. And the and the first thought is not to get back and, and defend once they lose the ball, which is what you need to do. Yeah, and when when you get like one or two players that aren't in on that. It makes it so obvious, and it makes it so easy to play around it. It does be, because, I mean, especially these days when when players like fullbacks are virtually like wingers, and they're, and they're all so good on the ball and good good at delivering balls into the box. And um, you know, back in our day, you could probably leave a few fullbacks with the ball and, and know that you're going to get it back in some ways. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but these days, you can't. You know, everyone can play. Everyone's um, 
intelligent in the way they play and they know what the game's about and um, and yeah they get they're getting caught out yeah what um moving on from man united what have you what did you think of leeds and especially with the Bielsa going it was a, a bit of a shock but then again you know no, nothing shocks you in football um but i think the results determine that i mean if he, if he was losing one and two nil he might have got a bit longer but when it's like fours and fives and sixes uh, something has to be done i think um i think last year they were a breath, a breath of fresh air i thought they were awesome I don't think they recruited strongly enough in the summer, uh, and and the manager for as for as much as he's sort of known as uh, a bit of a magician uh, and a genius in, in coaching, uh, I think the way he, he picks the same team every week, uh, picks the same formation, the same tactics, uh, I just don't think he could do that against some of the bigger teams, uh, and they just left themselves wide open against uh, against a lot of teams. I know they've been. Ravaged by injury, uh, Phillips and Bamford. Uh, I think they, miss, they were missing one of the centre backs for a while as well. So yeah, Cooper, um, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, Cooper. Okay, okay. But, but uh, you know, I, I don't think they after the, the great start they had last season for the for the first season. I think they, they need to strengthen the squad a lot more and, and rotate a little bit more rest players because they do play such a high tempo that uh, so intense that they're going to have tired legs out there. Yeah. I was I was disappointed in the in the January window when they didn't get anybody in, um, you know because like what you said with the with the injury to like it's the spine of the team, weren't it? Like Cooper, Phillips, and Bamford, you know. Then he didn't get anybody in, and it's the, it was the same thing as Sheffield United. You know, the first season when they came up, you know they played their own way, and then all of a sudden the second season teams work them out, don't they? That's right. You know, so it, teams work them out. And it's a different mentality for the players. You know, the, the, the players are sort of high as a kite on adrenaline for most of the season. The first season they come up because it's exciting. It's the first time they've been to a lot of the big grounds. Um, and it's just the, the second season is there's a different expectation. You've stayed up once, so you're expected to stay up. You're expected to be better than at least three or four of the teams that, that are in the league. And... Um, and like you say, a lot of teams find people out and find you, your weaknesses and, and your strengths. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a difficult season. We had it with Bradford as well. You know, we stayed up the first season and then second season struggled. So yeah. um, it's a, it's tough down there at the bottom. Do you, do you think they'll go down? Or do you think that there's the three below them are, are really struggling? I think, I think the three below them might just help out to save them to <laughs> I down. hope so. <laughs> I think... Uh, no, I think I think the change of manager has probably come at the good time. I know nothing about the new manager. Um, yeah, I like, I like the way he's talking. I like the way he's um, bigging up Bielsa and, and, and likes what Bielsa's done. Uh, I don't think he'll change that much, but I think he'll give an injection. You know, the new manager syndrome. I think he'll you know, an injection of enthusiasm and confidence that that is is lacking at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, I think they've got every chance, mainly because of the bottom three. But I also think the new manager will turn them round, and they've got good enough players. As long as they've got them coming back from injury, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> Speaking as a Leeds yeah, fan, I'm, I'm desperate. I tell you, <laughs> I, I watched them. I saw them against Leicester. I like, I like the amount of chances that they created. You know, and then they don't take any, and then they get done near the end. You know, by a goal, and and I was like, oh man, you know, they didn't really deserve that, but you know, they deserve to get something out of the game. So, 
hopefully he can he can make the right changes. You know, he's, it looks like he's tightened him up a little bit at the bike, but you know we'll wait and see. There's a there's a few big games coming up in there. But um, I wanted I wanted to ask they, you. They do create chances uh, though. Don't, they do create plenty of chances though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just yeah, yeah and, and, you know, and they were decent. Why don't they? they were decent. They were decent why, why chances as well. That's well, right. And you, and you just think, just go and get yourself a proper goal-scoring centre forward. I know they're hard to come by, but uh, but yeah, if you if you got someone a, a little poacher that can stick him in the in the back of the net, they'd uh, they'd be well safe. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of sticking it in the back of the net, <laughs> I'm not like <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not. I'm not letting you go before we talk about your hat trick. <laughs> and guys, if you don't know, Sharpie scored three past me for Man United. Was it? It was in the League Cup, weren't it? It was in the yeah. It was in the League Cup. League Cup. We beat Leeds, you lot, and Liverpool, and then got beat by Sheffield Wednesday in the final. I was telling Callum. I was telling. I was telling Callum earlier because Callum's a, a Man United fan, and I was telling him about that we at Arsenal we always used to show inside. And yeah, Dicko was marking you, weren't he, Lee Dixon? <laughs> and he showed you inside, and he, and he said, "Go on, shoot, shoot!" <laughs> and he did, and he put it right in the top corner. <laughs> what What did you say to Dicko? You must have given him some bite. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether he even got to say anything. To be fair. <laughs> The funny, I, I always scored against you lot. Always, I scored. Uh, <laughs> I think I scored the trick there. I scored two uh, in a two-two draw. Uh, I scored another two. I think in, it might be in David O'Leary's testimonial. I scored another one at, at Old Trafford. I think. So you, you were you were a lucky team. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. That, either, either that. Oh, I was just rubbish. That's right. It's hard to score against you. That's what makes it good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, but you must have given him some. I think I think I've always given him a bit of stick. I still get the odd text off him now, and uh, I think I, I still stick on the end of the text three or something like that. Show him inside three. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was it was a weird night because uh, because we've come out we've come out all guns blazing. I think we were three 0 up at half time. So yeah. at half time, obviously, it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a jovial atmosphere in the dressing room at 3 0. We're thinking, God, we can't lose this now. It's all over. All the lads are laughing. They're all taking the mickey out of each other. And the manager's like, listen, let's just concentrate. We went out second half, and within like seven or eight minutes, I hadn't even had a kick of the ball, and it's 3 2. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, no, we're murdered here by the manager. <laughs> and then thankfully, we went up the other end, and, uh, and I made it 4 2. So uh, that sort of killed the game off here, really. Oh yeah, I, mean, I do remember that. I remember, I remember thinking like you know going down three 0 I think it was three 0 at half time, and then we got it back to three two, and then like I was like, oh my god, we're back in this, and then you go to score, and I was like, right, that's it, game over. Yeah. <laughs> but you said that that Fergie would have yeah, gone mad. Not. Yeah, but you, you said that Fergie, Fergie would have gone mad. Have you you must have seen him proper lose it. Oh, the, the majority of weeks he, he was generally there were fights nearly every week in the dressing room with some of the players and uh, uh, he was he was such an aggressive manager but an aggressive team mm. so I think it, I think it helped having such a strong character as a manager with the, with the team we had um, and it fed down you know it started with Brian Robson and Mark Hughes and then sort of 
bled down to sort of Paul Ince and Roy Keane and Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister that went on to then Yapstam and, and Vidic. So yeah. Always had that aggressive sort of spine of a team. Qatar wasn't wasn't the uh, wasn't the placidist either on the pitch. So uh, we, we yeah. certainly had a strong mentality and physically we, we were strong. So it was a it was it was a special time to be part of the club. To be fair, do you think that's what the team's missing now? Uh, to to a certain degree, I, I think it misses. You know, I, I don't think any team can not miss a Roy Keane or a Brian Robson, um, and I'm not sure that they have one of those in midfield. I know Harry Maguire's captain at the moment. There's a bit of a, a bit of controversy whether around he should he should keep the captaincy or not. Um, but you just don't see uh, a Brian Robson or a Roy Keane in the team. If Tom Ray comes in, but is he going to get listened to by by senior players? Uh, I don't really see him it, because he's more of a a flair player and, and, a, and a bit of sprinkling of sugar on top. I, I don't think he's the one that can roll his sleeves up and say, "Right, lads, we need to dig ourselves through this next twenty minutes because we're under the cosh." Whereas Robson could do that and Keane could do that, and he would drag everyone in and we would sit tight defensively, knowing that we're in for a bit of a tough time for ten or fifteen minutes. Um, I, I don't know whether these players just think. Well, the defenders can handle it, and then we'll do the attacking when it comes to us. And, and that's why they, they just they just seem a little bit segregated from each other and and not all helping each other out at times. It it almost feels a little bit like the players are like afraid to to like to make a decision on the pitch, you know, because it happens all over now. You know, where you get a lot of the managers are always trying to really influence the the team from the touchline, and then so then like the players don't really so. make many decisions. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, I think that's what made Brian Robson so special, because uh, I mean, obviously, you played with him with England, and you sort of know what he's like. And he is he is pretty much a manager on the pitch, you know. And he, he can he's quite happy to change tactics, to pull people around, um, to change the way you're playing. You know, he, he's not he's not afraid if you're under the cosh. You know, when we were playing and we were we were in trouble a little bit, he'd say, right, once I get the ball, you just run towards the corner, like. And I'm going to put it over the top and it will get us at least 40, 50 yards. He said, I don't care if you get it or not. He said, let's just yeah. turn them around and get some space and give the defenders a breather. So it was, now again, it was five minutes of long balls down the channels. Other times it was to keep it, other times it was to box people in. And he, he sort of knew what to do at the right time. And, and it doesn't seem that, not only Manchester United, but I'm not sure many teams do have it these days, of that, of that dictator yeah. and that, that manager in the middle of the pitch that that pulls out different tactics, different formations at different times of the game. Yeah, you, you know, and even like like what you said with Brian Robson, with, with Ince, with Keeney, you know, they, they'd still got like Fergie to, to like go up against, but they still had the confidence or or the balls to actually say on the pitch, this is what we're going to do. You know, and sometimes we would do it with Patrick. We, like I'd say to Tony, I'd be like, we'd be under the cosh like saying, I'd say, Tony, get Patrick to just sit in front just for 10 minutes. You know, till we get this sorted out. You know, but I I don't see that happening a lot at all on the on the pitch at the moment. You know, even even with Arsenal and as much as a, a good run they're having, you know, I st <clears throat> I'm still waiting for that team to uh, <clears throat> excuse me, st still waiting for that team to to develop a character because that's that's what a lot of teams are lacking. I think. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, yeah, 
you know, Arsenal at the moment, you've got, you've got a lot of young players in the team as well, haven't you? And uh, I think sometimes it, it takes the senior players to, to develop the youngsters. Uh, I mean, I know Incy wasn't the quietest when he first came to the club, but uh, it, it still took a Brian Robson to take him under his wing and to educate him into the standards of the club. You know, training was as important as match days. We didn't give the ball away in training. We didn't give the ball away on match days. Robbo would have a little bet uh, with, with, with Incy in training, you know, five, ten pound a day. Who gave the ball away the most? Um, so it was, all, it was all about setting standards sort of every day rather than just trying to turn up on a match day um, and, and produce it. So, yeah, there's, it's a different game now. And I'm not sure if there are that many players out there that can actually do those roles anymore. I've just noticed the dog. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, this is Elvis. Cool. There's what? What's his name? Elvis. Oh, amazing. I wonder where he got that name <laughs> <Amazing>. from. <laughs> no, I've, just got that, I've just got that image in my head now of you doing it that on the corner flight. <laughs> Obviously, a massive Elvis fan. <laughs> is that is that a Spanish Elvis or is it an English Elvis? <laughs> He's a Spanish Elvis, believe it or not. To be fair, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> what um, I want to ask you about Harry's heroes. But I'll ask you about that later. But I want to, I've got to ask you about Dancing on Ice because guys, Lee actually skated with my wife Frankie, didn't you? I did, yeah. Which, <laughs> Why which you made it, which made, which made the experience just about bearable. Let me tell you, I hated it. I hated every minute of it. Oh, I hated it. I had. I thought I'll, I'll do it because it's a nice, slow sort of sport, and they're not going to give us any fast routines, and I'm going to be able to change direction having thought about it and I'm going to have time to think and it's just one of the oh, hardest mate. sporting disciplines I've ever tried in my life I was struggling with my boots when I first started the practice I couldn't wear my boots for more than 15-20 minutes at a time because my feet were cramping up they changed my boots oh. uh, the ice skating just to stand up and, do, and, and obviously Frankie's so tiny that she's there's two different types of female skaters and there's one that gets lifted and thrown around yeah. And then one that more sort of dances and skates. And Frankie's obviously so tiny, she gets lifted. So I'm having to pick her up with one arm, throw her around my neck. And I'm all doing this on button knives on the ice. Uh, we, had some really, we, had some, we had some pretty tough falls in practice as well. Uh, but I, I, I hated it. And to be fair, she sort of kept me going and kept a smile on my face throughout of it. So thanks to Frankie for getting me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she told me about you were doing you were doing a routine and you had to do you had to do this stag lift. And and the, while you were on the show, she said that I knew that he was out of position. And she says, and then when he went went to lift me, she said it was just all him, and he just absolutely powered the lift straight up there. She was so impressed, mate. <laughs> it was. We were, we were just we were just getting towards the judges, Torval and Dean, and she just like scoot around. And, and you know, because obviously you do it when you're having to lift someone, you need them as close to your side so you can sort of use your, your sort of body set. And she got like six inches away from me. And we're going up. I thought, there's no way you're not going up here. And I had to like, whoa, go on. 
and she went on. And I think I ended up pulling my rotator cuff. It was no way. Yeah, yeah, I ended up pulling my rotator cuff. Worth it. I always tell people that that is the most nervous I have ever felt in my life. You know, I've played at World Cups and, you know, big, massive games, Arsenal, Man United, and all that sort of stuff. But waiting in the tunnel for Dancing on Ice to go out live in front of millions of people watching is the most nervous I have ever been. I don't know how you felt. Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. I, I used to hate it. I used to... Uh... In, in fact, Fridays I was getting nervous when, when, when we used to get because we used to practice in Bradford because uh, yeah. we lived in Leeds. Um, we'd get down to the studio on a Friday and we'd skate around sort of Saturday morning before the show, and I, I couldn't remember half my routine. I, I was tripping <laughs> up, and the nerves. I'm just like, oh my god, I really don't want to be here. I feel sick, and you got people taking rescue remedy, and everyone's papping themselves in the dressing room. You got Ulrika Johnson, Stephen Gately, all these are like, I don't want to be here, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And I'm trying to stay like, <laughs> focused and not too good. But yeah, because you just know that you go out there and, and you've only got to catch it. I don't know what they call them, them toe grip toe things. A toe pick. Toe yeah. pick. You, get, you catch one of them and you are flat on your face and that is yeah. so and painful that, as well. Not only oh. embarrassing, but painful. <laughs> but you see the pro they, the pros still do that you know this the pros still toe pick i remember when i did it pam my pro skater that i did it with she we, we came out the tunnel we were only training or we were doing a, a what is it a, a pre-show um a performance rehearsal rehearsal and then she came out of the tunnel she just went toe pick bang and like went down on her knee and like really like banged her knee you know and i'm thinking oh my god if the pros are still doing it you know, because I, I did, I did it a couple of times, and it's oh, it's it's just it was just so nerve wracking. You know? <laughs> like you say about the nerves, the, the, one of the biggest things I remember is like the dry mouth, and, and yeah. your top lip yeah. like sticks up there. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not smiling. I just can't really look down. Oh, and I just always remember, like, and I'm thinking, oh my god, my lips stuck up there again. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been on a pair of skates since. Have you not? Oh man, no. no. <laughs> we we've not been on since COVID. Um, you know, because obviously we we left that for about a year, and now it's probably coming up two years now since we've skated. But uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting when I get back on the ice. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, like dangerous game that. Who's, who's the uh, who's the biggest taskmaster, Fergie or Frankie? <laughs> that's, that's a close comparison, to be fair. She is a tough taskmaster. <laughs> oh, come on, get on, mate. Get on, what you want. Uh, I, think, I think Fergie just about edges it. But uh, then again, I, I had eight years with Fergie. I only had about eight weeks with Frankie, so there's a bit of a difference. Yeah, yeah. No, she, um, <laughs> she, she prepares you properly for it, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. But moving on to um, onto Harry's heroes, mate. How how good was that, mate? It's awesome, mate. I mean, the, the, the first I, I enjoyed the first one uh, because we sort of went away, did our own training, had a bit of a routine, lost a bit of weight, put a bit of muscle on, got myself properly fit. Um, but funnily enough. I only lasted for about half an hour before my calf went, I think, and then let's come off at half time. Yeah. Uh, the second one was more of a, um, a sort of TV show, weren't it, where we went away to Italy, France, 
uh, a bit Germany. more filming. Yeah. Germany, yeah. not not quite as not not quite as much fitness stuff, but funny enough, lasted the whole game. So uh, oh, that was it. At centre off, by the way. At centre off. Did you um did you go on that bobsleigh thing? Yeah. Did you do how it? Good, yeah, how good is it? Did you go on it? No, I refused. <laughs> oh man. I did do it. Well that's that's the that's the second time I've done it. I I did it on uh, I was on Anton Deck Saturday night takeaway and we did it as a bit of a competition on there. Oh and right. it is I mean and the and the bobsleighers, the, the drivers take us down at sort of half pace for them. Uh, yeah. They don't go on the proper racing lines. They don't go anywhere near sort of dangerous breakneck speeds that they're used to. But for us, I mean, the G-force on your body makes you feel a little bit sick. Well, Rob Lee came off and was throwing up, weren't he? But, yeah. oh, mate, you've got, you've got to have a go. It's such an experience. It's amazing. The speed <laughs> you go down there. How, how those yeah. losers go down on the little tea tray head first. <laughs> Right, I was like, because I think there was me, I think there was me, Tiss and Merce, we were like, no, no chance. And then, and then we saw Harry going down, we were like, oh my God, he's making us look right, idiots now. Yeah, it should be a shame, the manager's going, yeah. no, you're not. <laughs> no, but no, it was, it was, it was really good, because like, when it first started, it was all about getting fit. And by the way, your bleep test, you and Ray were incredible on that bleep test, weren't you? I think, I think, that, might have, I think that might have knackered me, actually. I think that ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to let it go and give up. Oh, no, you just kept going and going and going. And then, oh, yeah. and then as soon as one of them pulled out, the other pulled out straight away. <laughs> that was it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great fun, though, yeah. to knock around with the lads again. It was, really. It? And it was, you know, and it turned into something that was, it, it was supposed to be like just to get fit and play against Germany again. But then it turned into this like men's health issues at the ages that we were at, you know, and it, it, it was really interesting and really, really eye opening, you know, like even with, um, with Wright, with Mark Wright, you know, when he, when he realized he got, as he called, visceral fat on certain parts of his body that he never knew that he had. You know, so it's stuff like that that happens to us when you get to a certain age that you're not always aware of. And I just thought that the show brought that through really good. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was amazing for that. I think, um, I think I think we are coming a bit more mindful these days of, of what's going on and, and we're not unbreakable and we're not these machines that can just keep going. And, and as you get older, uh, your body does give you signals and signs that you need to start looking after it. I, I think... You know, we, you, your brain is an amazing thing, and your thought process is is uh, is supersonic. And you know, to to know that a couple of the lads have been through. I mean, what Merce had gone through, uh, Lee Hendry with his depression, um, Mark Wright with his his, his sort of weight problem, and and Razor Ruddock with his heart problem. And you know, yeah. we've been running up the steps in Paris and and had a I don't know heart rate of like hundred and forty or something and they said oh by the way Razor got out of bed this morning it was 166 it's like it just goes to show you that um, you've got to look after yourself uh, mentally and physically and um, you know your, your thought process is, is just as important as a run or to eat something healthy you've, you've got to get the whole package in and look after yourselves and, and, and it just goes to show that it doesn't matter what profession you come from and how hard how strong 
uh, how mentally tough you think you are. There are people in all walks of life that are going through mental stuff that uh, that you don't know about. So so be kind to people. Yeah, no, totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Well, it's been amazing having you on, mate. I'll let you get back to. I see the golf club in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Other side. <laughs> oh, I thought Elvis had left the building. That was going to be my line. <laughs> Sharpie's been brilliant, mate. Enjoy Spain. Awesome, Top of that tan. Awesome. Um, yeah. Cheers, man. Have a golf course nice again. Yeah, Take care. Golf and a beer. Thanks, thanks for having us I'll come in to Cheers, you, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Lovely year. Nice one. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Cheers, This is a listening dog media production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.